What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica CIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Josh. Here's got a good show here for you on this Wednesday, June the 9th, the year 2000. And twenty one, uh, get into uh, this Garrett. Get into Garrett Cole and him essentially admitting without saying, without sen- essentially saying the words that he admits to using uh, foreign substances. As far as uh, doctoring baseballs is concerned, give you as I will harp on what we ended out uh, Saturday show with show with, and that is Major League Baseball has a uh, major cheating epidemic, and we'll get into that a little bit later on in the program. Uh, Given my two cents on the absolute disgrace this past weekend was the Mayweather and Logan Paul quote-unquote fight that happened down in Miami. Given my two cents on that. NBA playoffs, of course. Nikola Jokic won uh, the MVP yesterday. Give you, of course, uh, NBA playoff basketball. And then, of course, uh, Julio Jones. We had some NFL offseason news, and, news, and that is Julio Jones is now a member of the Tennessee Titans uh member of the Tennessee Titans uh, via trade from uh, this past weekend. But, uh, you know, we've began for the most part, uh, we began for the most part doing uh, NBA basketball, but let's uh, switch it up a little bit this week and kind of picked up where we left off on Saturday. And that is as far as uh, this cheating with with pitchers around the league doctoring the baseballs and and this huge uh, scandalous kind of... uh, that's kind of uh, showed its showed and reared its ugly head from uh, from uh, behind the trees, uh, and and in particular Garrett Cole, who made himself available to the media prior to the Yankees series uh, against the Minnesota Twins in Minneapolis yesterday, and was asked straight up whether or not he uses the spider tax substance, which is the sticky substance used by these uh, big uh, used by these weightlifters that you see in the Olympics that can that can somehow some way lift like 25 50 100 times their body weight you know and they put that on there you know especially if they move like heavy inanimate objects that aren't necessarily weights like great big boulders and and stuff of that nature and they put and they put this material called spider tech that's the name of the company this material that if you're if you're a football fan that goes back into the into the 70s and 80s you're familiar with um you're familiar with um uh uh, with um, Stickum, you know, that th- that the defensive backs, you know, before they came up with with the gloves and everything else, they would have they put the Stickum on their hands. That would uh, that would uh, help them catch the ball with when when it, you know for interceptions and things of that nature. It's basically that's basically what it is. You put that, you know, you put it on wherever you can hide it when you get there on the field, and then you're able to doctor the baseball once you do so. But here is Garrett Cole yesterday, uh, in case you didn't hear it. Here's Garrett Cole giving his two cents, or essentially ignoring and dancing around a simple yes or no question about whether or not he used spider tech uh, as when he uh, when he's out there pitching every fifth day. And have you ever used spider tech while pitching? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know quite, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I mean, 
there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and, uh, I've stood pretty, stood pretty firm in, in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and I, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's, you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game. And this is including, including the players in this room, including fans, including, you know, teams. And so if MLB wants to, you know, legislate some more stuff, that's a conversation that we can have um, because ultimately we should all be pulling in the same direction on this. Alright, first off, I have 9,000 things to say on this, and before I get to that, it was Stick'em like I previously stated, and it was used by uh, by uh, Lester Hayes, the former cornerback, uh, former defensive back for the Raiders back in the day, and it was actually banned 40 years ago in 1981, known as the Lester Hayes Rule, where they banned Stick'em in the National Football League, but I digress. Okay, first off, first off, Derek Garrett Cole. Okay, can we quit the tap dancing? Can we quit the shuffling? Can we quit the BS? And that's what it, and that's what you're serving us. Can you stop serving us the the fans, the fans and the media and the guy that asked you the question? Can you quit BSing us, please? And quit tap dancing, tap dancing and shuffling around the question and trying your best to avoid the question and avoiding to give an honest, direct, cut and dry answer. Cause that's that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. He give me an upfront. It was a clear cut question. Do you use the, the spider tack? Yes or no. It was a clear cut and dry, direct to the point. Yes or no question. And because of um um and he sippy stammering, stuttering. Cat got his tongue was quiet for like three and a half, four seconds, and it's like, uh, 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 uh. spit it out, Garrett. Will you, will you please? It's a simple yes or no question. Not this um, 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 sitting up here, pausing, stammering, stuttering, not speaking for a whole five seconds with this stupid deer in the headlights blank stare on your face. It's a simple yes or no question. Do you use spider attack or do you don't? Simple. Simple. He says, oh, oh I, I, I don't know how to answer that. What the hell you mean you don't know how to answer it? It's a simple yes or no question, Garrett. Do you use spider attack to help you pitch better or do you not? It's a simple yes or no question. None of this um, 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 stammering, stuttering, pauses for five seconds and all this foolishness. Snip here playing the media, playing the guy to ask that question, and playing the fans for a freaking fool. You mean you don't know how to answer it? Yes or no, damn it! Do you use the spider attack or do you not? Jeez! You, you can't, you can't be, I'm a, you know, just the PG version because I'm not, you know, going all explicit on you guys as yet on y'all yet, but you, you can't BS a BSer. Can't do it. You cannot BS a BSer. You BS a baker, you get a bun. You BS me, you get none. 
and it's going to appear going through this going through this hall uh well there are practices and this this and that and the other that's that's gotten that's been passed down through passing current players will you just answer the damn question do you spot attack or do you not my goodness gracious Garrett what well, is there's certain things that that are passed around and passed down Answer the damn question. It's a simple yes or no. Don't need to sit up here and go through this whole song and dance dog and pony show. Answer the damn question and quit avoiding it and tap dancing around it like a damn politician. Will you please, Garrett? Sit up here BSing everybody and sit up here trying to play us for a fool, insulting our intelligence. My goodness gracious. It is, it is, it is so just... Oh, it, it, it bothers you. It bothers you and it bothers me. Sitting up here tap dancing around the question, tap dancing around, giving an, an honest, direct answer. And if you have to lie about it, lie about it. But don't sit up here and, 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 and sit here and try to play the, play the guy to ask the question, play the media that's also part of that Zoom uh, conference, and play and play all and play all the baseball fans all over this country that saw the clip all over the internet and all over TV, TV within the last uh, 24 hours. Don't sit up here and try to insult our intelligence and take us for a freaking fool. Sit up here tap dancing around the damn simple, clear-cut, yes or no question? Simple yes or no answer. Do you use it or do you don't? Should I sit here and require this this long-winded, drawn-out dog and pony show, you tap-dancing and shuffling around the question? It's simple yes or no, Garrett. Honestly. Simple yes or no. Do you use spider attack or do you not? See, I don't know how to answer it. It's called a yes or no question, Garrett. Answer so yes if you have, no if you didn't. Come on, you're a grown, grown ass man. You, I'm pretty sure you're in. The, I'm pretty sure you're an educated one on what college you went to. What doesn't make any difference. You, you should know how to give a give a direct answer to a simple, clear cut yes or no question that a freaking five year old can comprehend and understand. Went to UCLA, by the way. But you get the idea. I mean, it's just, uh, it's 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 tough to take. It re- it's it's tough to take, and it really is nauseating, and it makes you vomit. Should be three a nine year, three hundred twenty four million dollar contract, and you can't sit up here and have the decency, and have the courage, and have the respect enough to sit up and just answer a simple direct yes or no question simple do you use a spider tech or do you not simple he laid it out for you it was a simple clear-cut honest yes or no question and he could not as chris rock says the easiest ged question in the world and you could not pass the test simple yes or no and you and, 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 and couldn't do that right Essentially admitting your guilt with with that with that phony ass BS answer that you gave every single last one of us. 
And I'm going to connect this to the primary theme of this opening monologue. Is that Garrett Cole was also on the Houston Astros. And conveniently enough, now Garrett was on a 2017 World Championship quote-unquote team. But he was on the Astros the next two seasons as two seasons in 2018 and 2019. And it's no coincidence why earlier this week it was leaked that the Astros cheated well after they won won their championship and you know allegedly won their championship in 2017. That they cheated in 2018 and beyond in the postseason and everything else. Well, Garrett Cole was on specifically that 2018 Astros team. Cheating in Houston. Nice cheating in New York. And the team he's on had steroid users and A-Rod, Giambi, Andy Pettit, you name it, had steroid guys. And A-Rod, the biggest crook and the biggest phony out of all of them, poster boy of the steroid era in the 2000s, was A-Rod. He was a Yankee. Yankees have players on their franchise and in their franchise history who cheated. Garrett Cole was on those Astros teams that continued to cheat after their after 2017. And the overall point I'm trying to make with this is Major League Baseball has a not a cheating problem, but what has become a problem and many various of various amounts of different ways has become excuse me has become a freaking epidemic steroids using technology to steal signs now the doctoring of the baseballs when in the hell Is it going to be enough for the idiots that work in Major League Baseball to say enough is enough with this foolishness and this nonsense? This cheating and this skirting around the rules and bending the rules and just flat out not giving a damn about the rules as blatantly and as egregious as these teams and these players are doing it has to stop. Because... No other sport has been, had its reputation, had the game as tarnished and as tainted as Major League Baseball has had due to to cheating within the last 30 years. No sport. I'm no hockey aficionado. Never heard anything about issues cheating in hockey, to my knowledge. Uh, NBA, we know tanking's an issue. We know load management is an issue. Cheating. 
no cheating scandal I can ever recall of the in my 19 years of living with growing with the NBA and even prior to me being born in 2000. Now with the NBA, NFL in the 90s. Uh uh-uh. uh We had stuff that that changed the game a little bit. You had you know. That was that era where the majority of the teams played on astral turf, made the game quicker to a certain degree. And you were allowed to hit hit and do certain things defensively then that you can't now. And did you have the Laos Alzados of the world pumping steroids in them? Yeah, but steroid use in football isn't looked the same way as it is in baseball. Now, granted, it's illegal and you get suspended for it, but you get popped for PEDs in football, no one says boo. Probably because of the fact that football is a much more, is very strategic and that it's also a physical sport, a physically taxing sport. So taking steroids to help your recovery process better, you know, it isn't too shunned upon. Plus, it doesn't matter how much you pump yourself up with steroids, you still got to be able to read defenses and to, read, and to know the opposing offense's playbook and read the quarterback's eyes and, and read the safety's eyes sitting in the secondary. There's a whole lot of stuff that, that you have to do. Baseball, you take steroids, you, you're able to hit the ball nine miles. And, you know, you taking steroids is the difference between a pop-up to the center fielder or a home run that goes 50 feet over the fence. It's a little different. But even then, you didn't know cheating stuff as far as football is concerned. Outside of the Patriots. But the Patriots, that's the last 20 years, and that's one franchise. That's really made the league look bad when it comes to cheating and breaking the rules and getting these little edges to win games. It's only, it's really been the Patriots. That's it. It's really, it's really only been the New England Patriots with the deflate gate and the spy gate and stuff like that nature. Spying on the Bengals a few years ago, stuff like that. Major League Baseball, it's near almost, it's damn near been, it's been 30 years of this and probably four straight decades where Major League Baseball somehow, some way is in the mix of hot water when it comes to teams cheating. 90s and the 2000s, it was steroids. 2010s, it was the Astros. 2020s, it's the back end of the Astro saga, and now it's the doctoring of the baseballs. When will it stop, and when will the sport get a grip, get a clue, and stop this foolishness? This is the, out of the four major sports, this is the only sport out of all of them where cheating is a reoccurring theme within the sport. In a multitude of different ways. It's the only one Taking steroids, 
using technology and 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 signals and all that stupid stuff to steal signs. Now it's doctoring the baseballs with with crap that people that gymnasts and uh, and and weightlifters use to get bet to you know when they're when they're going about their gymnastic or their or their weightlifting endeavors. Putting sticky crap on hands to make sure, so you know you can alter the baseball. Getting Vaseline, Vaseline and sunscreen and glue and all this other foolishness and doctoring up the baseball, leaving it all sticky, so so it affects the spin rate. When will it end? When will it end? This is the only sport where cheating is a consistent, consistent problem. Now, other sports have issues with cheating that's more widespread than Major League Baseball. Say football, yeah, deflate gates, but there's but there's only one constant when it comes to that, and that's the New England Patriots, and it's and it's one team and it's one organization. Baseball, the steroids, I mean, they're cheating. It's spread out throughout everybody. Palmero. Sammy Sosa, they played for the Orioles. They took steroids. Sammy Sosa played for the Cubs, took steroids. McGuire played for um played for the A's, played for the Cardinals, took steroids. Kinseko played for the A's and played for the Texas Rangers, took steroids. A-Rod. Christ knows, A Rod is so bad that 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 some people suspect that he was che- that he was cheating when his career began, and he played for three teams: Mariners, Rangers, Yankees. So it's widespread. The 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 the, the still in the sign stuff, Astros. Red Sox got in hot water with it in 2018. Widespread. Manny Ramirez took steroids. Played for the Red Sox. Widespread all over the place. All over the freaking place. On numerous amount of offenders that played for numerous amounts of teams. And when will it stop? The Major League Baseball has had an issue with cheating since the 90s. Think about that. Since the 90s with the steroids. Then it became steroids. Then we came into the sign-stealing stuff. And that's the doctrine of the baseball. When will it end? And when will Manfred and everybody else up at Park Avenue and Major League Baseball have some balls, have a spine, and put a stop to this foolishness? Everywhere you look, baseball and Major League Baseball in particular, the league is consumed, consumed with cheating and players and teams breaking the rules to get an edge. They're the only North American sports league that has that problem. And it needs to stop and it needs to stop quick, fast, and in a hurry. And it needs to be a commissioner or somebody in the league office that's willing to put their damn foot down and say, look, you're not going to be making a mockery of the sport 
and the league and the game anymore. You're not shooting you're not shooting steroid needles up your behind. You're not you're not using Apple watches or using cameras or these stupid little contractions to to to, to steal signs. You're not you're not uh, taking uh you're not taking uh you're not taking the spider stuff or 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 glue or maple syrup or 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 sunscreen of Vaseline or anything. This is the appear and 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 Doctor Baseballs. You're not doing any of that nonsense. And somebody within the sport needs to put their foot down and put a stop to this crap because because it's getting it's getting ridiculous. Every single time you turn around, you got a new scandal or 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 something that's in the news that comes out. Where someone has got, where it's leaked that someone is is is, is guilty of cheating, and he, and they need to put the put their foot down and put a stop to this nonsense. Everywhere you look, somebody, somebody is in hot water with the cheating. Somebody, every single everywhere you look, it's like that old theme song, theme song from Full House. Everywhere you look. Someone's in it for getting accused of cheating. And it has to stop. It has to stop. Every it's, 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 it, it just it never ends. None of the other sports have this issue. Yeah, college football, college basketball, you got, you know, they'll go out there and illegally recruit and put these little incentives in money-wise and everything else. But that's... It may be cheating as far as NCAA looks at as far as breaking their rules. But no one looks at it as if, you know, no one looks at it as if, in, in no one looks at it with USC for a perfect example. No one's going to look at that in the same way people look at the Patriots with deflating footballs and spying on teams during, during their walkthroughs prior to games. No, they don't look at it in that same, they don't look at it in the same way. And it's not necessarily the same thing. See, legal is breaking the rules, but it's not being deceptive to the point where, to the point where it's, 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 it's a different animal, different animal. Then going behind, you know, it's, you know what I'm trying to say? A little different than, than a guy going into the bathroom or the locker room tunnel to, to, to hit himself up with the steroid. Or to go in, into the little trainer's room or going, you know, or going in the, in the dark little corner in the, in the, uh, in the locker room and, and putting, putting his little magic stuff, you know, on the brim of his cap or on the inside of his jersey, or on the inside of his glove, or doing stuff like that, or banging trash cans inside a dugout to let to let the hitters know what pitch is coming. But baseball has a cheating has a cheating problem, and somebody, whether it's Manfred, I don't care who it is, the managers for these teams, the owners, the GMs, the team presidents, Manfred, somebody in the league office has to have the guts and the balls to put their foot down and put a stop to this nonsense. 
because it's getting out of control and getting out of hand. It's getting ridiculous. Someone needs to have the and the vet and the and the players within and the and the players themselves should have enough integrity to say, really. I'm going to do this now. I'm going to sit up here and bend the rules this far or break the rules or go, or just bypass the rules altogether at this point where you throw morality and, and integrity out the window because, gosh damn it, I have to win or I have to make this money. I have to make this. That is that important to you to the point where you're, where, where you're going to be immoral about it and, un, and, and, and unethical. When it comes to following rules and doing things the right way. How about these veteran players in these MLB locker rooms stand up and have the guts to say, you know what, we're not do we're not we are not pulling that crap with this team. We gonna win? Yes. Do we want to win? Yes. Do we wanna be successful? Yes, but we're gonna do it go about it and do about it the right way. We're not gonna be cheats, we're not gonna be frauds about it. So the responsibility is on everybody, teams in the league offices, the hires up within every single MLB organization, the managers, the owners, the GMs, and the veteran players that sit up in the locker room. They got they got a little, uh, you know, they have a little bit of uh, power within their clubhouse that's going to have the guts and have the integrity. So you know what, guys, we're not going to be pulling this crap. We're not going to be using spider tack on baseballs. We're not going to sit up there and, and use Apple Watches or to use uh, little video contraptions to steal signs. None of that nonsense. We're not sticking steroids up our ass, you know, at, at six at six fifty seven prior to a seven oh five start time. We're not pulling any of that crap. We're not doing it. We're going to win and we're going to be successful. But we're going to do it with class and we're going to do it with. And we're going to do it the the ethical and the moral way, not the slick, sly, deceitful way. But baseball has a major, major cheating epidemic, cheating epidemic within their sport, and they need to fix it and put their foot down as far as the powers of being the league office. Quick, fast, and in a hurry, because this is getting ridiculous. Take a break. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tilly Tellus podcast. Um, I got some I want to get off my chest. Um, as far as as Logan Paul and this Floyd Mayweather fight is concerned, um, if you were one of the people out there, and according to fan cited uh between 600,000 to 650,000 uh watched it via the pay-per-view buys that's US TV buys only that doesn't include international and streaming if you're part of those uh a little over half a million people that wasted and that's what you did wasted $50 to watch that disgrace 
between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul, you need to get your head examined. That Mayweather, and I was not one of those idiots, and I'm going off of what I saw off of the video clips I saw on Twitter. If you were one, if you were one of those that wasted fifty dollars, that you're not that that depending on your economic status, you may make backing, you may see again. If you were one of those that wasted, wasted fifty bucks on that disgrace, you need to reprioritize your money better because. That Mayweather and Logan Paul fight was a disgrace to boxing. It was a disgrace to sports. It was a disgrace to Miami, the fact that it was sitting there. It was a disgrace to Don Shula, God rest his soul, that was taking place at his old stopping grounds. It was a disgrace to Dan Marino, who played at that stadium. It was a disgrace to... It was a disgrace to freaking to to Jimmy Johnson who coached for the Dolphins in that stadium. It was a disgrace to Jim Leland who managed at that stadium. It was a disgrace to it was a disgrace to Kevin Millar who played at that stadium. It was a disgrace to 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 Edgar Renneria that played at that stadium. It was a disgrace to the United States of America and was a disgrace to humanity. What that fight was on Sunday night was a disgrace to the city of Miami, Florida. If you wasted 50 bucks to watch that, you need to go find something else better to do. Because, and that was not a fight, and that was not a boxing match. That was Floyd Mayweather pimping and hustling or, or, finessing the American public out of their money so you can watch him dance around a boxing ring for eight rounds while he holds up and hugs Logan Paul in between. And another thing I don't want to hear either is that I don't want to hear anyone, anyone sit up here and say, well, you know, you got, and I've heard, and I heard this many, many a plenty. Well, you got to give Logan Paul credit. He lasted eight rounds against an actual professional boxer, Floyd Mayweather, who's undefeated. I mean, you might not like the Paul brothers, but they sure know how to make money. Yeah, so do, so do prostitutes, so do prostitutes, drug dealers, uh, uh, sex traffickers, and, uh, and, uh, Hell, and and uh, and the world's most high volatile organized criminals. Well, you got to give it to them. They sure knew. They sure do how to make money. Yes, yeah, so do pimps and sex traffickers and drug dealers. Your point is, I thought so. Uh, 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 Logan, well, he he did not. Ha he only hung in there. And if you look. There's actually a video of Mayweather co-cocking Logan Paul and Mayweather hugging Logan Paul to keep him standing upright so the fight could continue and go to distance to the whole freaking eight rounds. What the hell is that garbage? And heading into it, well, the fact that anyone would buy it heading into it is also perplexing. There were no judges 
And unless there was a knockout, there wasn't going to be an official winner. What the hell is the point of a freaking boxing match? And I don't give a damn about the fact that it was an asinine exhibition. What the hell is the point of having a damn match if this is going to be a winner or a loser? What's the point? And you can't bet on it. What is the point? What's the point? And why do you charge people 50 bucks? To why is that foolishness? Mayweather, 44, 45 years of age, dancing around a ring for eight hours. While he's wearing the hell out of Logan Paul to the point where he's so freaking tired, all he's got to do is essentially just cling on to and hug, and, and, and hug Mayweather to keep himself standing upright. What the hell is this? That's not sports. It's not boxing. My God. He, he hit his, both of them ought to be ashamed of themselves. I mean, all, all the long-time boxing fans, I mean, they puked when they watched that on Sunday night. George Foreman, Sugar Ray Leonard, Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali upstairs. Happy, bir late, happy birthday to him. To his birthday last couple of days. Happy birthday to the greatest. He puked when he watched it. Rolling in his grave. Think Muhammad Ali would have liked that? Think Muhammad Ali, the late great Muhammad you think he likes what a sport has become? Just no, nothing more than, 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 than a cash grab and an easy money play just to, just, just to make a few million dollars. I mean, you're kidding me. If char charging fifty dollars for that foolishness, you're kidding me. And you, you, again, you think Muhammad Ali liked what his sport has become? How about Mike Tyson? What about him? Evander Holyfield, Joe Lewis, Jack Johnson. You don't know who he is? Look him up. You think they like what their sport has become? Nothing more than, than a farce for money. And attention and, 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 and clicks on the internet. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. Ought to be absolutely ashamed of themselves. For that disgrace on Sunday night. I said it before and I'll say it again. They disgrace the sport of boxing. They, they disgrace sports. They disgrace the city of Miami. They disgraced every single athlete that was worth their salt that's ever competed at that stadium on Sunday night. They disgraced the entire nation with that joke. Disgraced them. Every single last one of them. Disgraced them. Mayweather knocks out Paul, so Mayweather, because he wants to have the fight go to full eight rounds, because he's hustling people, Right in front of their noses. It's got to hold up, Paul, so the whole freaking fight goes to full eight rounds. And oh, by the way, there won't even be a winner decided at the end of it. Paid 50 bucks to see Logan Paul land 10% of his jabs. Had 15% power of his punches. And just to see Mayweather just, just to toying with them. I mean, he was laughing in the ring on Sunday night 
laughing with a big old smile on his face. He's like, I, I didn't play it about Christ knows how many suckers in the watching this watching this foolishness. He played y'all like a freaking fiddle to every single last one of you idiots that bought that fight on Sunday night. And again, is this what the sport of boxing has become? A cheap money grab just to sell tickets and to get clicks on the internet? And the trend on Twitter for two and a half hours? Really? Again, all the old-time great boxers puked when they watched that on Sunday night or heard about it on the internet. Puked. Muhammad Ali rolling in his grave. Mike Tyson. Evander Holyfield. George Foreman. Sugar Ray Leonard vomited when he went on the internet on Sunday night. Or if they dropped 50 bucks to watch it, they vomited. Cause, because these two douchebags, Logan Paul and Jake Paul, Paul think, they're, think they're Rocky Balboa and Ivan Drago. And Mayweather's desperate to make every buck he can get his hands on. Simply talking about when it comes to legalized bank robbing, uh, bank robbing, I'm the best. What the hell? Is this what the sport of boxing has succumbed to? I mean, what, what a joke. What an absolute joke. If every single last one of you that coughed up and spent 50 bucks to watch that foolishness need to find something else better to do with your lives and you need, when you die, you need to donate your brain to science because it needs to get examined because I don't know why anyone in their right mind would waste $30 down, to, $50 down the toilet to watch those two dance around, dance and hug around a ring for eight rounds when there isn't even going to be a winner at the end of it when it's all said and done. Disgrace the sport of boxing, disgrace the American people, disgraced American sports, and disgraced humanity. Congratulations, Logan Paul and... Floyd Mayweather, I hope, I hope the, the, the millions upon millions of dollars during a freaking pandemic still was worth it. Go to break. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Talking TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the NBA playoffs, which we've, uh, which has been the dominating theme the last uh, few shows uh, here in the month of May. Now we here in early June. 
um, with the NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll give the coup de grace to the Mavericks started off, and then we'll bring it up until where we are here on this when here on this Wednesday, uh, with the Mavericks not showing up. Not showing up uh, after uh, after the Clippers uh, when the Clippers uh, forced uh, when the Clippers forced the game seven at the Staples Center and the Clippers were the were the lone team in this series to win a home game uh, winning games winning game seven against winning game seven against the Dallas Mavericks uh on uh on June the, on June the sixth uh, and what it proved is that Luca really does not have a whole lot around him to work to, a whole lot around him to work with you know Kristaps Porzingis you barely notice is on is on the court I mean, he uh, 126 to 111 was the final score in case you forgot uh Luca put up 46 points on 14 assists and seven re- and seven rebounds um you go ahead and you look. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis played forty, played forty-two minutes, and you barely noticed he was there. It was he's seven feet tall, shooting threes? I never understand that. You're a forward, seven feet tall, and you're shooting threes. Oh, a five was absolutely pathetic. Um, it scored a scored a inconsequential sixteen points. Boban Marjanovic scored fourteen points. Tim Hardaway Jr., who had a many a good game in this series against the against the seventy six seventy sixes against the um against uh, the uh, L A Clippers uh, was not a factor in Game Seven, only scoring eleven points. Uh, only scoring 11 points as well, while Luka went off for his 46. Um, but it was just a phenomenal performance by uh, by the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Phil, why I keep on saying 76ers? The Los Angeles Clippers um, in that game seven. Kawhi put up 28 put up 28 points. He was 10 of 15 from the field. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, was perfect on his free throws. Had 10 rebounds, nine assists, four steals, and a block. Um, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, you know, it was not great. I mean, you make the argument that Kawhi bailed Paul George out. Five of 15 from the field is, and two of eight from three is uh, is absolutely uh, pathetic, especially in a winner take all game seven at home. Um, and uh, and he turned over the basketball four times. So and pandemic P. Uh, was trending on Twitter again this past weekend, but uh, luckily for uh, for Paul George, Kawhi Leonard bailed him out. But uh, Luke Luca, you, you you say that Luca needs another number two because Dallas has not been able to make it deep into the postseason uh, with just Luca playing by himself. As they're going to have to get Luca some help coming up uh, this off coming up uh, this off. Uh, this upcoming off season, as we say goodnight to the uh, Dallas Mavericks. But as far as the rest of the NBA postseason, postseason is concerned, and I'll start with the Bucks and the Nets. And game uh, and game two on Monday night was completely, and I do mean completely. And I tweeted this out at the J Shield on Twitter. There is nothing more uninspiring, more unwatchable, and more just not interesting, and just un just more putrid television than a blowout in particular a blowout NBA playoff game I mean when the Milwaukee Bucks do not crack 
uh, do not crack 90 points in game two. I mean, what it's, it's I mean, what what, what are you gonna do? I mean, they, I mean, they were they stuck with with Brooklyn as best they could in Game One on Saturday, but on Game Two on Monday, I mean, it it was just I mean, where I mean, where were they? They were one twenty five to eighty six. I mean, it was a complete. They were a complete, complete no show, complete no show. Chris Middleton couldn't score seven to twenty from the field. Uh, three of eight, three of eight from three. Giannis couldn't. Giannis was putrid from the free throw line. Two of seven could not hit his three point shots. Um, played thirty one minutes, put up eighteen points. PJ Tucker only took two shots, scored twenty, scored two points in the game. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Uh, Holiday, they play, you know, Holiday played 34 minutes, Lopez played 26, they combined for 23 points, uh, they, no one, everyone that came on, no one came off the bench, made any, uh, and made any, uh, big time contribution, meanwhile, Kevin Durant went off for 32, went off for 32 points, had a phenomenal night shooting the basketball, four of six from three, 12 of 18, uh, in total, had four, had four rebounds, six assists, and stealing a block, uh, Blake, uh, Blake Griffin, uh, who had a phenomenal game one on Saturday night, uh, was, uh, was not as, uh, you know, overpowering as he was in game one. Uh, he was three or four from the field, one of two from three, scored seven points for Brooklyn in game two. Uh, Kyrie Irving put up 22 points, nine of seven from the nine, excuse me, nine of 17 from the field. Six assists, five rebounds, uh, and a steal as well for him. I mean, I mean, just, uh, I mean, Brooklyn just not, they didn't show up. They did not show up. And I heard this a lot over the last couple of days. And, you know, the more and more I hear it, the more I think, and, and I give it thought, and I think it actually has some actual merit to it. It's almost as if, like, Milwaukee looked at their series against the Heat in the first round as their NBA Finals. You know they they were highly favored to come out of the Eastern Conference last last year last season down in the bubble and it was almost as if like oh well the same time next year we get the Heat again so when we play them in the playoffs this time let's hope we bury them you know they the uh, Miami took them to task and took them the distance uh you know final the final seconds of uh, overtime in game 1 and then Miami essentially failed to show up the the uh, the next 3 games and Milwaukee essentially steamrolled Miami right out of the postseason in the first round and in a sense it was like now again they're down 2-0 and if the Clippers can come can come can excuse me can come back being down from 2-0 and showing some guts and showing some fervor like they did for a change against uh against uh, Dallas why can't Milwaukee but the, but the difference is that the Brooklyn Nets have Kyrie Ir- have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and oh by the way James Harden when he comes back healthy on the team rather than just in the one player in Luka Doncic for the uh, Dallas Mavericks so and uh, and uh, again if the Clippers came back down from 2-0 it's not as rare and it's not as impossible of a feat as it, as as it sounds right now but Milwaukee is almost as if like to hell with the rest of the postseason, we weren't favored to come out of the Eastern Conference anyway. We took care of business against Miami in the po- Miami in the postseason. Whatever happens next, what happens next? And you know they're probably not going to be like, well, we can't make it past the second round. But I mean, look who we had to go up against. 
you cannot in any circumstances get destroyed and get embarrassed to the point where the game is is, is a joke to even watch when Brooklyn. I understand that Kevin Durant's going to go down as one of the greatest NBA players of all time, and Kyrie Irving is a Hall of Famer too, but to get embarrassed to the point that they were on Monday night and there was no James Harden, you, you, as professionals playing in the NBA playoffs, and they got Giannis, who 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 is no Kevin Durant by any stretch of the imagination, but is no scrub. You cannot, under any circumstances, allow that to happen. I'm sorry. I mean, the closest the, the closest the game got on Monday night was was when it was eight seven early in the first quarter. I'm dead serious. The closest that game was on Monday night was when it was eight seven. And Giannis has taken 35 jump shots this postseason and has made six of them. Not good. In the first half against uh, against the Nets on Monday night, six points coming off of three of eight from the field. And Chris Middleton, at that point in time, heading into the half on Monday night, was nine of 34 in the series so far. Shooting three, 11, shooting three of 11 from the field, two of five from three and eight points. In the first half on Monday against Denver, or uh, excuse me, against uh, against um, Brooklyn, can't happen. Can not happen if they want to if they want to stick around in this playoff series. Cannot happen. Then you turn around and you look at um. And you look at the Hawks in the 76s, and after the Hawks, who essentially were beating the living crap out of out of Philadelphia for seven for 80 percent of the game on on Sunday afternoon, 76ers come back and make it tight and make things interesting in the in the final closing seconds. Uh, in the final closing seconds, we come up short, and then the Hawks come back and lose their first road playoff game. Since game, I believe it was game two. Yeah, game two uh, in New York and Madison Square Garden a few Wednesdays a few Wednesdays ago, losing to Philadelphia one eighteen to one hundred two. Joel Embiid, who became the first seventy six to drop forty plus points in a playoff game since Allen Iverson did it back in two thousand and three, had an absolutely remarkable performance. Uh, shooting, shooting, uh, thirteen to twenty-five from the field, forty points, twelve to sixteen from the free throw line, collecting thirteen boards, on two assists, two steals, and a block in the game. Tobias Harris shot, uh, had twenty-two points in the game, shooting eleven of nineteen from the field, uh, and Seth Curry had a good night shooting the basketball as well. He was five of six from three, eight of thirteen overall, and had twenty and had his twenty-one points. While Atlanta, uh, you know, and you and you give uh, you, a very average game for Trey Young standards here in this uh, postseason, but a young player, you, I understand it's a playoff game, but you know he can't drop thirty-plus points every single night. He uh, scored 21 points, uh, five, excuse me, six of 16 from the field, only one of seven from three, uh, turned over the basketball four times, had 11 assists uh, and three and three rebounds, while, while the rest of his team, outside of Bogdanovich, who scored 14 points, which was eh, 
and Gallinari coming off the bench with 21 points. Uh, you know, not that much going offensively for Atlanta. They shot, you know, they shot 45% from the field, which is a height. Um, and 36% from the, from the three point line, but you know, wasn't enough. It was, it was not enough, it was, you know, and, and it also doesn't help. And I've said it and I've said it ad infinitum for the last a week or so you're turning over the basketball 17 times to Philadelphia only turning over and it, turn over the basketball seven times. You don't sit, you don't sit up here and expect to win the ball game. It's that, it's that simple. And that's all there is to it. You the turnovers will absolutely kill you. They will kill you. Along along with the fact that Philadelphia had twenty fast breaks fast break points to to Atlanta's nine. Uh and they dominated the paint, scoring fifty two points in the paint to Atlanta's forty four. And and the fact that, you know, when Atlanta had the lead, they really couldn't get much going. Atlanta's largest lead in the game uh, on uh, Tuesday night was one. Philadelphia's largest lead in the game against Atlanta on Tuesday night was 21 points. So there you go. And then you look to, uh, and then you look to, um, to uh, the Suns, and then you look towards the Suns and the uh, and the Denver Nuggets. And shout out to Jokic getting the MVP, which we'll get to in a minute. But then you look to the Suns and the uh, you look to the Suns and you look to the Denver Nuggets and that performance. I mean, how about the second half? How about the second half that Chris Paul had on Monday night in their one in their one twenty two to one one hundred five game one victory? I mean, how about how about the Phoenix Suns? And and the absolute uh, good performance that they had the other that they had the other night. Chris Paul had 21 points, eight of 14 from the field, two of three from three, um, and had 11 assists, a steal, and six rebounds. And had uh, and I'll pull it up for you here in a second here. And Chris Paul started started game one, two of shooting two of eight from the field, and like I said, ended the game. Shooting eight of shooting uh, and ended the game. His re- remaining shots. The rest of the game, he shot um, five of uh, five of six, putting all together eight of fourteen from the game. So Chris Paul had a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal second half where he just turned on turned on the switch and absolutely took over for Phoenix. And then you take and then you just and then the time and then the game that was back and forth for the major for a good portion of that game until middle late third quarter where the Suns just turning off turn on the on switch and and every every single time they took a jump shot or went up for a layup the ball was going in. I mean you had Jay Crowder score you had uh you had uh Jay Crowder right yeah Jay Crowder scored scored fourteen points you had Michael Bridges score twenty three. Anton eight whatever his name is had twenty. Chris Paul had twenty one. Devin Booker had twenty one. I mean they spread the wealth amongst everyone throughout the starting lineup. Four four out of their five starters had had over twenty points. And it, and it didn't turn on. And outside of Devin Booker turned over the basketball five times. It didn't turn over. They didn't turn over the basketball a whole hell of a lot. Devin Booker. I mean, I mean, look at the shots they were taking. No, the only player that took the most shots was Chris Paul. Was fourteen. Anton took thirteen. Booker and Bridges took twelve. Jay Crowder took thirteen. 
So they did a phenomenal job spreading the wealth and not allowing, like in previous playoff games, the one player, a la Devin Booker, to totally take over the basketball game. They did a phenomenal job spreading the wealth amongst each other, and when that ha and when you and when you have good ball movement and you spread the wealth around, good things come out of that. And what was a back and forth game for the majority majority of the game on on uh, mon on Monday night. Jokic, the MVP, had twenty two points. Had twenty two points. Ten of twenty three from the field was not great. Uh, had uh, nine rebounds, three assists. And uh, and two steals in the game for Denver. Aaron Gordon put up eight. Aaron Gordon put up eighteen points. I mean, they just. It, I mean, they got to a point where where Denver was just overmatched and overwhelmed in the second half. I mean, if you go ahead. If you go ahead and you do the math, Phoenix outscored Denver in the second half. Uh, the 34 points that they scored in the fourth quarter and the 31 points that they scored in the third, they outscored Denver 65 to 47 in the second half. 65 to 47 in the second half. That, 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 that was the turning point. When Phoenix flipped the switch, middle, late third quarter, and, and took the lead and never looked back. And if you go ahead, if you go ahead and you look at the stats, largest lead Phoenix by twenty. And you and you just and you just look at the difference, and you just look at the difference here. You know, Phoenix out rebounded Denver forty four to forty four to uh, forty four to forty one. They made their free throws when they got sent to the line, and they got sent to sent to the line a lot more than Denver did. Denver only went to the free throw line six times. Phoenix went to the line twenty times, which paid huge dividends. And they shot the ball just phenomenally from the field. Fifty-four percent from the field, uh, forty-six out of eighty-five jump shots. While Denver took ninety-two jump shots, only made forty-six percent of them. Just an absolutely phenomenal perform job by Phoenix, especially in the second half. Give Monty Williams and give Chris Paul, who is not the best player on the team, but the most viable player on that team. Give them a lot of credit for the job they did on Monday night. And then finally, you go to, um, and then finally you look towards, uh, you look towards. Uh, what was the game from a through the you go to the you go to the Clippers you go to the Clippers and the Jazz Jazz winning one taking game one one twelve to one to one oh nine I mean go ahead and you look at that game you have uh, Jazz came back Jazz when they took the lead seventy two to seventy one with two fifty eight in the third quarter that was the first lead that the Utah Jazz had had all night since twelve eleven in the first quarter. Came back from down 14 points. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, has as many. Four, I mean, a phenomenal player he is. He has many 40-point playoff games in the playoffs as the great Utah Jazz uh, player in Carl Malone. Carl Malone played 193 playoff games with his career with the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell has only played 28, and this is his fourth career 40-point playoff game in Game One. Um, tying, like I said, Malone for the most playoff games in Jazz history. That and uh, and uh, and Malone's forty-point uh, playoff, forty-point uh, playoff game didn't come to his hundred forty-ninth playoff game with the with Utah. 
This is Donovan Mitchell's 28, like I already said. He put up uh, he put up ridiculous numbers for Utah, put up 40, putting up uh, 45 points, shooting 16 of 30 from the field, 6 to 15 from three, uh, on uh, five assists, a steal, and three rebounds and a block for Utah. Uh, Bogdanovich had 18 points. Rudy Gobert had 10 points. Um, Clarkson coming off the bench. Uh, Jordan Clarkson had 18 points coming off the bench for Utah. And then you had the LA and then the Clippers who had a, who had a atrocious, atrocious possession to close out that game where you had, you know, Paul, where you had a Kawhi Leonard passing up and the people are going to say, well, it's double team. Well, that's what you call the timeout for in that spot, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You had Kawhi Leonard to pass up the chance to take the to uh, to take up the uh, the clutch shot there at the end. They, I mean, they passing the ball left and right. I mean, it was like a game of hot potato. I mean, not I mean, not one player. You know, it was like, well, you know, you it's you you take the shot. You you take the shot. No, you take the shot. And uh, and why does Simpier passing the ball around like it's a like it's a regular you know uh, Saturday morning shoot around? It's like yeah, clock second ten nine. Eight, and you watch watches like you got. Come on, guys, let's go. Got to get the shot off. But uh, just a terrible, terrible, terrible uh, final possession in that game uh, for the Clippers, and it came back to bite them in the in the rear end as they ended up losing that game, one twelve to one hundred nine. Uh, Paul George, uh, pandemic P again. Like I said, was shooting last couple of days. He reared his ugly head again, shooting only four of seventeen from the field, uh, twenty points. 10 rebounds, two assists, and uh, and turned over the ball twice. Kawhi Leonard, 23 points, 9 of 19, only 1 of 4 from, from 3, uh, which is not good, uh, not good enough. 7 rebounds, 3 assists for the Clippers. You're heading into the only game that is tonight on uh, Wednesday night, and that is at 9.30 Eastern time between the next game two between the Nuggets and the Suns. Nikola Jokic, who, uh, who I read, he was the first, uh, the first second round pick to win MVP in the NBA and uh, to win uh, win the M- NBA MVP. Um, uh, give him all the credit in the world, and the first center to win the MVP since Shaq did it, uh, and that was quite a long time since that happened as well. Uh, let's see if he and and his Denver Nuggets squad and Michael Malone can punch up a concoction to not let the Phoenix Suns and their crowd have a reason to go nuts, uh, especially in the second half in Game Two, going up against Phoenix on Wednesday night. That's your NBA playoffs. Take a break. This is the Amateur Like a TIS podcast. Don't go anywhere. Back right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Telling Like a T.I.S. podcast. Switching gears now and closing out this program here on a Wednesday with some NFL news, and that is 
the fact that uh, Julio Jones has got got traded uh, over the weekend to the Tennessee Titans for a future sixth and for uh, for a future sixth uh, rounder, sixth round pick for two, for a second and fourth round pick is the trade between the Falcons and the Titans. They Julio Jones and the and a future sixth round pick go to Tennessee for a second and fourth round pick which really blew a lot of people away, you know, it was that much for uh for pro bowl wide receiver and probably future hall of fame and two-time all pro wide receiver Julio Jones. Uh you know, he could you know, he couldn't stay healthy, only played 9 games in 2020, 15 in 2019, but this is a guy that, you know, and 2013 was banged up a little bit, only played 5 games. But this is a guy that, you know, that answers the bell more times than not. Um Played 13 games in 2011, his rookie year, 15 games in 2012. The aforementioned five games in 2013, the 15 games in 2014, the 16 games in 15, the the 14 games in 2016, the year that Atlanta went to the Super Bowl, 16 and 17, 16 and 18, 15 and 19, and only nine. So he answers the bell and shows up there and performs, though he isn't always like on the sidelines every single time you turn around. But uh, you'd figure for a guy that has uh, over that's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, thousand plus yard seasons, and six out of those seven they were all in a row, 2014 to 2019, where he had uh, these thousand yard receiving seasons all in a row, and has put up uh, and has put up, you know. Uh, you know, was one of the best wide receivers this game has seen in the 21st century. You'd figure that, you know, that the uh, that you wouldn't have to give up a first round pick to trade for him. Granted, I understand that he is. Um, I get it that he is uh, 32. That he's 32 years of age. I understand all that. You can make the argument that probably the majority that uh, the, I can, that the majority. Uh, of uh, that his that the majority of his career now it's happened before where wide receivers in their thirties have gotten traded have gotten traded uh you know and uh, and they come to the new team and they put up Hall of Fame numbers and go and get all pros and and play in the Pro Bowl and everything else so I'm not saying that he's shot. But and I get that the fact that you know that you could yeah, you can say well maybe he's in his thirties the better career is behind him but and no excuse why if he can't stay that if he can stay healthy and play the full amount of games in the twenty twenty one scheduled season for Tennessee ain't no reason why that uh, that he should that uh, he shouldn't be a factor and I think he will be a factor as far as. Uh, as far as uh, improving the Tennessee Titans offense and making them less one-dimensional, you know, AJ Brown, the only uh, it was AJ Brown and DK and DK Metcalf and Derrick Henry. Now Tennessee has uh, has AJ Brown, Julio Jones to throw to, and oh by the way, you have that beast at running back such as Derrick Henry, which will which will also help lighten the load on Derrick a bunch. You know, having to worry about making sure that uh, that AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Don't go nuts on you in the passing game, and then also have to worry about Derrick Henry running the football. So there, there's no reason in the world why their offense shouldn't be, you know, top 15, one of the best in the AFC, if not in the National Football League in 2021. But also, you have to figure out the fact that you know the Tennessee's got to 
address the defense, which has you know had many holes in it last season, which is why they got bounced in the first round at home to the Baltimore Ravens when Lamar Jackson and their running offense uh, had their way with Tennessee in the playoff game back in January. So they got to address the defense. Uh, and you you wouldn't take Ryan Tannehill over uh, you wouldn't take Ryan Tannehill uh, over Mahomes and how he and how he would do against the, the Josh Allen's and the Baker Mayfields of the world is yet to be determined. But uh, so they so they have a couple of question marks, but this should be a team. Not to mention who know, and not to mention you know could Carson is it a rebirth as far as Carson Wentz and getting reunited with Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts, who you have to worry about too, who made the playoffs last year with Philip Rivers at quarterback, but still not trying to take a step backwards, even though that they have a new quarterback at the helm there. Um, and then of course you have to worry about, and of course you have to worry about, uh, you know, uh, the, the Miami Dol- the Miami Dolphins who are looking, who went ten and six and missed the playoffs last season. You have to look, worry about them and, and trying to see if they can steal a playoff spot as well. So they got, you know, you Tannehill is good. I grant you that, but you know. Is is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback? That's yet to be uh, that's yet to be determined. And me personally, as of right now, I'm not sold on him being sold on the fact that uh, he is one. Um, and you got holes on defense, but there's no reason world why Tennessee cannot compete to win the AFC South, and should not be a uh, a team that's looking to make from a Tennessee Titan perspective make a decent playoff run in the AFC and this certainly makes Tennessee a much you know it puts Tennessee in the conversation as far as that second team uh we know they're not better than Kansas City but it puts them into the conversation with Buffalo and with Cleveland and with Baltimore as the potential second best team and the potential challenger to the Kansas City Chiefs who they you know a team that they may face uh come the AFC come AFC championship time again not a given that Kansas City is either but they are favoring you got to give them that as the back to back AFC uh AFC conference champions You'll put you gotta put Tennessee into the fray as far as being in the mix as that as that number two in the AFC is concerned. Super Bowl contenders, no. But if you get to the AFC Championship game and you make it that far, you know they they made it there a few years ago. You know it, it, it wouldn't necessarily shock me if they got there again. Of course, things would have to break and go their way. But hey, who knows? Uh, and then as far as from the Atlanta Fal- and then as far as an Atlanta Falcons perspective, you know, they got Matt Ryan. I don't know what the Falcons are doing. You know, their team that really needs to rebuild at their championship window is kind of slammed shut. And if who knows what the Atlanta Falcons are doing at this point, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. To be quite honest with you, they got they fired the coach. Julio Jones is gone. You know their running backs that uh, that were that got them to their fame in the Super Bowl and two Super Bowl uh, fifty. You know you get you, you, they're they're all out the picture, but yet and they draft Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan is still there. It's uh, who the hell knows with the Atlanta Falcons at this point? Who knows? Uh, he uh, he will be uh, Tennessee. He will be an unrestricted free agent uh, after the uh, after the twenty twenty three season. Um, after the twenty uh, twenty three season, a potential out uh, in twenty at the end of the twenty twenty two season, he has a potential out there. Um, three years. Uh, that's three years. Sixty. 
see. I don't have my glasses. Sixty-four plus million dollars. That's two. Th that's two million dollars in dead uh, cap space. Um, the cap hit against Tennessee in 2021 is 15.3 million. He's his base side is going to be the 15.3 million is going to get this year. Um, and that's at age 32. He'll be an, uh, a free agent come uh, age 35. Um, uh, 64 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, two million of his uh, 2022 salary will be guaranteed if he doesn't get injured. Uh, option bonus that's 11 million guaranteed uh, for 2020. If the option is declined, 2020 salary decreases to 22.2. Uh, million dollars. That's the contract scenario. Uh, if you are interested and if you care for uh, Julio Jones, makes Tennessee better. Doesn't make him a Super Bowl favorite, but it definitely makes Tennessee better. If you have the opportunity to steal Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons and not have to give up a first-round pick to do so, you should not hesitate under any circumstances. Granted, the various other holes that are within your team, you still if if you have a if you have the chance to take up to take upon a All-Pro, probably future Hall of Fame wide receiver without having to give up a first-round draft pick to do it, I don't care. I don't care, you know, what what your holes on your team is. You you that that's an offer. If you're a team looking to compete in the immediate future, that's an offer you cannot, under any circumstances, refuse. And Tennessee did not. So you give Tennessee credit for pulling the trigger and getting Julio Jones to, uh, to the city of Nashville. And that is your program, and that is your show, and another episode of the I'm Telecateria's Podcast in the Books. If you're new to the program, please uh, subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter, Instagram, if you haven't already, at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram, at Amatella underscore podcast, and the show on Twitter, at Amatella underscore it, T-I-S. It is your boy, Jai Shields. Enjoy the NBA. I will talk to you Saturday. Y'all take care. Get vaccinated, please, God, if you haven't already. Talk to you then. See you.